0: Welcome to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that Jesus is needed and relevant for people in Vancouver today. The message of God's love and promise of wholeness was destined to be experienced within a faith community that worships, studies scripture, and prays together. We warmly welcome you to journey with us towards greater connection, purpose, and peace. We'll be sharing our recorded services and conversations with health and wellness experts. Enjoy.
1: Most people would agree that life is a painful mixture of good and bad. It's true in marriage, family, work, fellowship, friendship, and even in the church. Yet, we are surprised and even disappointed when self centeredness sets in and takes the stage within a friendship or fellowship or a situation. So, today I ask you the question what's good? What's good? Is anything good? Is any person good? Today I would like to speak to you on the subject entitled What's Good? Will you pray with me as we open God's Word? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we can come to study your Word as we open your words, open our minds, our ears, and our eyes to receive, to understand, and to be able to apply your words of life into our lives so that we might bless others. And we thank you and ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So what's good? That is a colloquial expression that's often used to answer the question, how are you doing? Uh, What's on the menu? How is life treating you? It's a common expression that's used on the street. What's good? So I want to ask you today, listening and viewing friends, what's good? What's on your menu today? Is anyone good? Is anything good? In a world that seems to be falling apart, what's good? Well, you probably will see on the screen a picture of someone who is helping someone lying flat on the ground. They might be unconscious and they're perhaps checking to see if they are and is probably getting ready to perform CPR. However, what's unique about this picture is that out of the one person there is, Dozens of people surrounding this individual just looking on. We call that, or is often referred to as the bystander effect. That's where everyone passes by or stops to look at what's going on, but really doesn't engage or get involved. The bystander effect. It's hands-off. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be implicated. But somebody in the midst of the crowd steps up to the plate to help someone In a time of need. In fact, it's interesting, there is a law called the Good Samaritan Law. Perhaps you've heard about it. These are laws that actually offer legal protection to people who give reasonable assistance to those who are or whom they believe to be injured or hurt, ill or in peril or otherwise incapacitated. The protection is intended to reduce bystanders' hesitation to assist for fear of being sued or prosecuted for unintended injury or wrongful death. So, the Good Samaritan, where does it really all come from? Because I believe it comes from a story I heard a long time ago. Well, the Good, Samaritan's law, Good Samaritan laws actually take their name from a parable that's found in the Bible, attributed to Jesus commonly referred to as the parable of the good samaritan which is contained in the gospel of luke chapter 10 verses 29 through 37 if you have your bibles you can take them and turn them there with me to luke chapter 10 verse 29 through 37 and i will be reading uh on the screen uh from the amplified version so you can follow in your respective version and i want to share with you from this version as it begins. It brings out some very deep meaning of the words, the good Samaritan. So what's good? Let's see what the parable has to offer us today. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he encountered robbers who stripped him of his clothes and belongings, beat him, and went their way unconcerned, leaving him half dead. Can you imagine this? Perhaps somebody finding someone on the street walking down, say the city of Toronto or Brampton or Mississauga or Oshawa, wherever you are and wherever you might be living, and someone is beaten and you you find them there just almost half dead. They've been stripped, their clothes have been taken. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, we do have people... Uh, who experienced that, who were victims of such assault. But it was very interesting that this person was left to die. If no one came by, he probably would have succumbed to his injuries. The story gets more intriguing and the plot thickens. It continues in verse 31. Now, by coincidence, a priest... Was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Stick a pin there for a moment. Now the Bible interestingly says, and Luke records this, uh, records this particular verse as stating that there was a priest now you would think that a priest, a priest, a pastor, a clergy person, a spiritual man or woman, uh, you would think that they would be moved with compassion to help this half-dead and beaten person. But simply, it seems as if that priest had an appointment uh, on their schedule or on their agenda, and so they just passed by. They didn't even bother to stop or even ask how the gentleman was doing. Can you imagine if that happened today? What kind of priest is that? Well, I'll leave that one alone. Let's keep going. The story continues. In verse 32, Likewise, there was a Levite also who came down to the place and saw him and passed by on the other side of the road. Now, if you know anything about Levites in the Old Testament, Levites were part of the uh, priesthood or the order of the priesthood, the Levitical order, and they were set aside for service to God in the temple and sacred service. And so here is another illustration where one would automatically assume that this Levite who is set apart to do you know, spiritual things, sacred things represent God, would actually respond to this need, to this man who is lying, dying there. But as the Bible would have it in this parable, not only did the priest, but the Levite also passes by turns a blind eye. Could it be that sometimes we are so professional and so occupied by our occupation that we find ourselves so busy with activity and moving from one appointment to the next that just to pause for a moment to help perhaps a beggar, a homeless person, someone who is in great need, we just pass by. We turn a blind eye. We hope that the next person behind us would help them. But could it be that God is calling us to stop, to pause, to perhaps help that person, to lend a helping hand? You never know that you and I might be the only representation or the only witness to them of God. And if we pass by, we might miss a golden opportunity to help in a time of need and represent the love and character of God. Well, the story doesn't end there. It gets better, uh, but the plot thickens. It's interesting. The Bible says in verse 33, But a Samaritan, considered a foreigner, who was traveling, came upon him, the person that was beaten, that man that was beaten and lying uh, to die, and when he saw him, he was deeply moved with compassion for him. Now, just a little context and background what we realize is that this parable is referring to those that are part of the Jewish culture and heritage. And it's interesting that between the Jews and the Samaritans, they were not very close friends. They were not buddies and chums. They never hung out together. Uh, They didn't spend time together. They were somewhat at... Odds with one another. They were not the most friendliest. But it's interesting to note the Bible says that this Samaritan, who was a foreigner, was so moved with compassion that en route to wherever his destination was taking him, he stopped and paused and was moved with compassion to lend a helping hand. Let's hear a little bit more about what the Bible describes of what the Good Samaritan did. So this Samaritan, in verse 34, the Bible says, And went to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them to soothe and disinfect the injuries. And he put him on his own pack, animal, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Wow, that's a loaded verse. He poured oil And wine to disinfect and soothe the injuries, the wounds that were open. Can you imagine? Uh, This Samaritan came prepared. He probably had a first aid kit, if you will. And it's always a good thing to carry a first aid kit uh, in your car. You never know when you need to use it or to help someone in need. But here it is. This good Samaritan, this Samaritan as it were, had a first aid kit and was able to help this individual, bandage him, this is a fascinating. None of the others, the Levite or the priest, stopped to even care to help this dying person. But here you find a Samaritan who is, was often considered outcast uh, from society or outcast at least to the Jewish people. Here this person has compassion on this dying person who apparently may be a very well a Jewish individual. The Gospel is amazing. The gospel of Jesus Christ knows no boundaries. It breaks down barriers. It does not concern itself with what pedigree or degree or what class or culture you're from. The gospel is for all times and for all people. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. And so God does not look at someone by where they're coming from or their culture or their heritage or their ethnicity. With God, He loves everyone. The ground is level at the cross. The parable continues. A beautiful parable. Verse 35. On the next day, he took out two denarii, which was two days' wages, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I return. This is amazing. You know, sometimes when we help people, we help them on the spot in that moment And perhaps we never see them again. But here's the Samaritan. Not only does he help him in his time of need, not only does he bandage and and clean his wounds and disinfect it, he takes him to an inn and advances a pay and says, here is some funds, please take care of him. And whatever cost is incurred beyond this amount I gave you, when I return, I will pay you or repay you. Now, this is fascinating. This is fascinating compassion at its best this is love in action going the extra mile that we would not only take care of a person or a need in the moment but actually return to ensure that person is fully taken care of now if you if you don't believe this is compassion in action that i don't know what else is this is the love of god at its best can we take a chapter from the samaritan well i the laws of the landed and they, that's why they call it the good samaritan law But this here captures the essence of the gospel. This embodies the heart of God that God sees beyond the external and the aesthetics and He looks at our need and He gives us grace and He gives us help in the time of need. It's amazing. The parable continues and ends with these last few verses. Which of these three do you think proved Himself a neighbor to the man who encountered the robbers. Well, someone might say that's a no brainer. Go figure. Verse 37 comes back with the answer. He answered the one who showed compassion and mercy to him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and constantly do the same. Go and do likewise. Follow the Samaritans' example. This parable has echoed throughout human history down through the court of time to our period of time. Hence the Samaritans' law that have been uh, drafted and developed and now that is uh, in in effect in countries around our world. This parable has had far-reaching effect. It's amazing this parable in the Gospel of Luke is actually being practiced in our world today. What are the three points I want to leave with you? The first point, if you remember the parable, is number one, be helpful. I believe as a Christian, as those who wear the name tag of Christ, as we claim to be Christians and followers of Christ, it is imperative and natural that we be helpful. Being helpful by showing acts of kindness and love and compassion because we are Compelled to do so because the love of Christ constrains us. It doesn't restrain us or hold us back, but it constrains us or compels us to do this naturally because God loves us and through us loves others. And so the first point of the parable I'd like to leave with you is be helpful. Number two, be healthful. Helpful, what does that mean? Well, of course, we see here the Samaritan provided relief of the suffering of this wounded individual that was left to die he sought to nurse him back to health by first immediately providing that emergency relief of bandaging his wounds and applying the soothing oil and wine to disinfect the wounds from further infection and then took him of course to the inn where he could be nursed back to health this is part of the gospel be helpful be helpful And finally, be hopeful. I believe that we can provide hope by simple acts of kindness, of love, a word of cheer, lending a helping hand, sharing a meal, doing something that is out of the ordinary, that takes us out of our comfort zone and truly allows us to demonstrate the love of God. So I want to ask you today, how can you and I be more helpful? How can we be more healthful? And finally, how can we be more hopeful? I believe God has called us to be a beacon of hope and healing in a world that is suffering in pain and perishing, as it were, in darkness. How can you and I be that beacon of hope? Through a word, through an act of kindness, through God's love in action, we can provide the help and the health and healing and hope for a world in such desperate need. And so, what's good? What's the conclusion and the moral of this story or parable? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Here it is. When we look at the parable of the Good Samaritan, the ultimate Good Samaritan is Jesus himself. He is the source of all goodness. And He is the one who was ultimately rejected by His own, when the Bible says He came unto His own and His own received Him not and by extension the whole world. In contrast, He receives all people. He is the one who bandages and binds our wounds with His grace and applies the oil and anointment, the Holy Spirit and His blood to cleanse and to heal us. So what's good? Said Micah the prophet in chapter 6 verse 8, He hath showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. It's not our goodness, but the goodness that emanates from His nature, and through us, we do justly what is right. We show mercy, compassionate care and love, and we walk humbly. We live with a spirit of meekness, with no room for self-exaltation. All of which is a reflection of His character, for He is good, and His mercies, endureth forever. I want to share with you a story in closing. Several months ago, there was a a national emergency in northern Ontario that affected one of our First Nations community. It was actually called the Bearskin Lake First Nations. And they had some severe flooding. There was a big ice jam and that flooding of water came into their communities and submerged their homes and their vehicles, all of the entire community was evacuated. Only a few able-bodied individuals and emergency personnel that will cover the basic needs of hydro and uh, even the nurse and the health center was shut down. So the chief of the Bearskin Lake First Nations and their band council met and they through their organization called the Independent First Nations Alliance, IFNA, called upon one NGO whom they've worked with in the past. The very first NGO that they called for assistance was none other than ours and your humanitarian assistance, ADRA, the Adventist Development Relief Agency. ADRA was called upon, and so the moment we were called upon, we responded. We know that we had to help. We had to provide health and we had to provide hope. And so we responded and we took a team to Bearskin Lake. Now, if you know anything about Bearskin Lake, it is really far. You've got to go to Thunder Bay and then Thunder Bay, another couple of hours north of that. And you fly on these small single jet planes, propeller planes into a fly-in only community because it's surrounded by water. When we got there and landed, we were well received and welcomed warmly. We were taken to the the building where the operations were taking place and we quickly got a debriefing on everything. We met the main counselor who remained behind while the entire band council and, and chiefs left the First Nations being evacuated for safety. This one counselor was charged or entrusted with responsibilities of making sure everything was going well. And so we met with him firstly. He received us very warmly and we met with him every day after that. What we did was we ensured that homes were safe. We checked that there was no flooding. We checked that there was no leaking or bursting or, or pipes. We ensured that animals were safe and they were fed. We also provided uh, some healthy food for the residents and those who remained behind and the staff that were there. We had logistics and meetings and every day it went like this for five days until uh, we were able to bring some type of uh, composure to uh, the operation. There was a little bit of settlement and there was a little bit of clearing and it seemed as if things were getting a little bit better. At the end of the week as they assessed each day, the counselor was very happy and they started to actually talk about him and the other band counselors through uh, teleconference and the chief talking about how they can begin to lift the evacuation in the next week or two. What we had done there as ADRA partnering with the Bearskin First Nations was phenomenal, it was a miracle. And as we came down to the end of that last day and we were saying our goodbyes, the counselor came up to us and to myself Uh, with the group behind us and he says I don't know how to thank you I'm at a loss for words and then there was a pause as it were a kind of pregnant pause we didn't know what to say and what he was going to say and he then grabbed me and hugged me as it were and I felt the emotion and the warmth the genuineness of his embrace and I said we were honored to be here to partner with you and to serve you and your community. And he said to me and to our team. You are welcome to Bearskin anytime. We hope that you will come. Um, not under these conditions. But next time just to do something. To teach us about healthful living. And so they really appreciated the work that we did. And we were able to represent Christ. Without preaching a sermon. Without holding an evangelistic series. But just because of the act of kindness. And demonstrating the love of of God through Compassion Ministries, we were able by God's grace to make a meaningful impact and exert an influence on this community, God's children in Bearskin Lake. So this is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to do at at ADRA, at ADRA Canada, your humanitarian arm. We're here to partner with you, to work with you, and to fulfill our motto to serve humanity so that all may live as God intended. So what's good? As Jesus said, Go and do likewise. I want to commission and charge you by the grace of God. Go and do likewise for the honor and glory of God, for His kingdom, and for the betterment of humanity. Thank you for spending this time with us. And we want to ask a special blessing that somehow, some way. God will continue to use you so that you can be helpful, healthful, and be hopeful to everyone around you and those that God has placed in your circle of influence to serve. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your great heart of love filled with compassion and grace. I pray for every listening and viewing friend today that you would have moved on their hearts in some way that they will be willing to serve you, to demonstrate your kindness, your care, and your love through our actions. So, Lord, may we be your hands, your feet, your mouthpiece to show to a world and our communities and wherever we reside that there is a God who loves them without any strings attached, a God who cares for them, a God who desires not only to help them, and as we serve them, but to save them. Please bless us now and keep us faithful and true to you, and may we serve you to the end until you come. May we all be ready to go home with you on that great day is our prayer in Jesus' almighty name. Amen. God be with you until we meet again.
0: Thank you for listening to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Learn more at oacvancouver.ca. If you're in Vancouver, join us for worship Saturdays at 11 a.m. at 5350 Bailey Street. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. God bless you and have a wonderful day.